I see the great opportunity when we all work together across regions, across countries, across cultures. At the end of this year, globally speaking, we were much more connected than we have ever been before. And a person in Argentina feels much more connected to a person in Sweden, to a person in, in France or Canada, wherever, than ever before. And I think that is a great accomplishment. Hello and welcome to the 25 Days of Transformation series, where we talk to industry experts and global brands about the highs and lows of digital transformation. We'll learn from real-world business examples, get first-hand industry insights from the digital experts, and we'll take a deep dive into what trends to look out for in the coming months. I'm Tizzy Philp, Strategic Content Lead here at Valtech, and I'm here to guide you through these conversations and to uncover the latest and greatest in digital. In our final interview, and in the spirit of giving you all a small insight into the world of Valtech, we wanted to take a slightly different approach and shine a light on our take on the future of digital business transformation and how we, as an organization of marketers, designers, developers, strategists, and back-office teams are working together to push for better outcomes for our clients and, ultimately, for each other. For those of you who've listened to this whole series, hopefully you will have become more familiar with the kinds of challenges facing clients in today's world and the common threads that run through organizations of all sizes and sectors. We also hope that through the course of this series, you've come to know us a little better and to get to know the names, insights and passions of some of our experts. As a final offering, we wanted to bring you an interview with Freik Bal. Chief Strategy Officer at Valtech. As a father of three, Frake's year has been a familiar crush of homeschooling and back-to-back virtual meetings. So we wanted to invite him to talk about his hopes for 2021 and beyond, and what he has learned about our industry from one of the most complicated years on record. So Frake, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Tizzy. Thank you. Great to be on the show, finally. So let's begin by giving people a little bit more of an insight into you and your role at Valtech. What is it that you're really passionate about? Thank you. So, yeah, I have a very fancy title, Group Chief Strategy Officer, and it sounds important enough to get noticed, but then vague enough to do whatever the hell is needed. And that's what I like to do. On a day-to-day basis, I'm, I'm either involved in clients, work, most often pitches these days, or Valtech strategy. Uh, so applying strategy on our own company. And your question about what I'm most passionate about, ultimately it's about doing great work and making great things with great people on the intersection of beautiful design, you know, engineering and code, and making sure it works for the businesses that we work for in the organizations. And then I have a firm belief that digital can really do something good for humankind. Although that might be sound difficult in a year like 2020, uh, where so many digital things and, and technologies put us in places where we we rather not be. But ultimately, digital is a human technology and therefore we can apply it in any way we want it. And I think that actually digital has been even more important in 2020 than ever before. Think of all the things that we've been able to do because of all the digital 
advancements that have happened over the last few years. We've seen or we've spent this series interviewing clients about their transformation experiences, but we've had to adapt and respond to recent events too. So us as an agency, we've had to change how we're doing things. What do you think were our biggest challenges and perhaps some of the highlights for you over the last year as well? Yeah, so like any other company, we had to adapt to, you know, almost overnight to to this crisis. Fortunately, though, I think from all of the companies all over the world, we are pretty used to remote work. And so it didn't take us much to shift gears. We didn't see a drop in productivity, for instance. But I think obviously what is most challenging is that we're working with many young people. We value agile, working together, being in the same room, throwing ideas against the wall, a real wall, uh, and see what sticks. And and that is what we, we, we didn't have. So after a few weeks in and a few months, obviously people started to get tired. They want to see one another. They want to meet and to talk about other things than just work. And all of these things did not happen. And so I think our biggest challenge, we're a people company. That's the only asset that we have. And making sure everybody is still motivated, feels connected and heard was, I think, the most challenging bit. Not so much the work that we actually do because we didn't drop uh, the ball there at all. Also, in the relationship with our clients, that went pretty smooth. That was a pretty smooth operation. So just before COVID was, you know, working on site, traveling to our clients was pretty much the go-to model. Shifting our gears towards a totally remote model, that worked really, really well. There was, by the way, another challenge because we're talking about COVID a lot. But I think 2020 is also a year where we had the Black Lives Matters movement that started out of the US. And I think that also challenged us being a technology company where we obviously need to do a much better job on terms like uh, diversity and inclusion, having people of color, more women on board. And so that was the other, I think the second big challenge that we faced. We haven't solved that, but at least we have took it very, very seriously. And I think we're in a much better position of bridging that gap that we have in our company when it comes to diversity and inclusion. Now about some of the highlights. What have been the good things that have happened? Good thing, let's say from where I stand, I have a global role. And I think many people would like to have a global role because it sounds really important and it sounds like, you know, it, it doesn't get much higher than that. At the same time, it's it's sometimes a bit of an ivory tower when you work with all of these teams that ultimately sit in a country or in a city. And the highlight this year was that everybody in our company had exactly the same position. Everybody was working from home. We had 3,000 offices instead of 40. And, and that created a living playing field. And I think, you know, that is the, the, the generic answer to that. But, you know, more specifically, we have, you know, great moments with our company where we all got together virtually and shared a lot of good stuff. And I think that has provided a personal, uh, some highlights for me over the year. And I think also what we have accomplished on bringing collaboration to the next level when it comes to virtual collaboration. And even, I would say, we're definitely not going back to analog whiteboards. That enhancement with digital was definitely there. And that collaboration also was, was certainly a highlight. 
Freak, the need for connection has become more valuable than ever before. And we're a company of 3,000 plus people. How can you and your role or other people within the senior management make sure that they're joining the dots and bringing people together? And do you see the things that we've introduced as becoming part of our fabric from now on? Yeah, it's a great question. As I said before, I want to connect the dots for quite a while now. Three years I'm in this role. And I see the great opportunity when we all work together across regions, across countries, across cultures. But then in the day-to-day, everybody is busy minding their own things for all the right reasons, and it's hard. I talked about the left playing field now with, with the fact that everybody is in the same position, and that definitely has improved our connections in the company. I give you an example. We have. Uh, what we call craft circles, which is basically communities of expertise. So it's the designers across the world. It's the developers that have a community. It's the delivery people and so on. And this year, we've seen that mechanism exploding when it comes to tackling problems together, whether there's a project that is challenged or whether there's a, a great pitch where we need to collaborate. and. That is really the result of you know, a long investment in, in that vehicle. More practically, obviously, we need to have places where people feel at home virtually, whether that is a, a town hall that we organize, a global one, or a thing we called All Things Valtech. That's really all about the Valtech people in our company. And you know, we have just five guests, could be from anywhere in the company, basically, talking about a specific subject. It might be our demo culture. Or we just yesterday had a great session about mindfulness and the fact that people find themselves, you know, in difficult positions sometime personally. And I think creating this safe virtual environment is something that that is really important to that and making it fun. I want to say though that it's also difficult in a time where everybody is challenged with Zoom fatigue, spending too much hours behind the screen that you know, connecting the dots requires to add even more moments behind the screen. And so we're also trying to do more silent meetings, for instance, where nobody speaks, everybody is silent and can only type. And that also provides a great opportunity to hear other voices and to hear everybody. So we're experimenting with that. But I think at the end of this year, globally speaking, we were much more connected than we have ever been before. And a person in Argentina feels much more connected to a person in Sweden, to a person in in France or Canada, wherever, than ever before. And I think that is a great accomplishment. I really agree on that. And from my personal experience over the last 12 months, with all the horrors that COVID has brought, I definitely feel a difference in how we've come together as a community, how we talk to each other, how we have been helping each other. We put together a video yesterday of just some of the conversations and the sessions that have happened over the year and it's actually really moving like to see how everyone is has coped and has been working closely together so hopefully it means that as i said even with all the horrors of 2020 that actually quite a lot of good stuff has come out the back of it i want to talk to you now about you as a professional and you as a human what is the most important thing for you that you've learned this year from both that professional and personal standpoint? 
Well, let me start on a personal note because I, I, I'm recording this in my, my little cabin just close to, to where I live in the city in the Netherlands. And I recall the fact that we had the total lockdown. And I was here with three kids. My wife is a teacher and she had to teach remotely. She were not, wasn't used to that, but you know she had to teach her kids in schools. And so I need to look after our three kids. And that was a big lesson in how to cope with really stressful situations. And, you know, we'll, we'll see at the very end if I, I got any better in that, but I will definitely remember that. Uh, and I, I recall just wondering, but how, how can I really make this happen? Uh, how can I combine this thing and, and be a, a good father and at home teacher and also try to manage, you know, a global pandemic that has hit our company? And so what I've learned is that, you know, you can actually balance these things and you can also let go of a few things and just say, no, I, I can't make it. And I will make it a little bit later on the day, but now I will focus on my kids and that's actually okay. Or I started to work out during the day. I, I never did that, uh, but you actually can because you need, don't need to worry about the fact that you will make plenty of work hours. It's just other parts of the day where you work and you can be much more flexible. Professionally, I have learned. Diversity and inclusion has made a big impact on me personally, being a white middle-aged guy in a tech company, being called out for having that position in a leadership and that is too white, too old and too bold, just like myself. And what I've learned is to take a step back, to not always try to be at the forefront with all the right reasons. I think I want to do good things, but you do not always need to do that yourself. You can empower other people. So really taking a step back and decide is, is what I've learned and try to empower as many other people in the company to do great stuff. And I think it's a long-term strategy. It's, you don't get results you know, right away, but at least it's something for me personally that I've learned. So as a result of all of that break, how do you think that you'll change your approach to life, whether that's at work or at home? I think now we're, we're all thinking that things will change radically. I think once COVID is over, I will be in the office like all day for quite a, quite a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be traveling. I'll be all doing all of these things. <laughs> and then and I will be going back to normal because I'm so fed up, I think, like everybody else of this pandemic. And I just want to be amongst others and, and, you know, be in crowded metros and be in cool cities and so on. After that first two or three months, I think definitely the work-life balance is something I will keep and actively say no to work every now and then because adding more hours of work doesn't really make you more productive. So that's something I'll keep. The point I just made about not always wanting to be at the forefront or wanting to be at the stage and want to be that guy that provides direction and has an opinion is also something that I've, I've learned along the way. And I think I'll, I'll keep that because I like it. This is obviously our 25th episode of this series as we go into 2021. So I'm wondering what your wishes are for the new year, break, and that could be personal or professional. What are you hoping for? I hope our company, being a digital company, can have an even bigger impact on a better world. 2020 was definitely not the best year in human history, especially not in this uh, decade or century. As I said at the very beginning, I hope digital can be 
a force for good, whether that is sustainability. We almost forgot about it that uh, that we also have another crisis to cope with, or you know, to improve human lives. And I really hope that Valtech, as a company, can have an even bigger impact on these elements because ultimately that is also the purpose that many of our people that are working at our company are looking for. So I hope to get more clients that actually want services in that area. Personally, I really like the team I work with in a day-to-day. I hope to get more of that. I, I hope that more young people will join the company, more diverse, more people of color, more women, and that we continue down that path of, of being a great company for people from wherever. That doesn't matter. Great. Thank you so much for joining us for this last podcast. And we wish you all the best for the new year, you and your family. And to everyone else who's been listening, from everyone here at the Valtech Cafe podcast team, we wish you all a very happy, healthy Christmas and new year. Thank you, Tizzy. You've been listening to the 25 Days of Transformation series from Valtech Cafe. If you enjoyed this podcast, then why not subscribe and keep up to date with all of the episodes in this series and a whole host of insights from the Valtech Cafe back catalogue. And if you'd like more information about what we do or to get in touch, why not visit us at valtech.com to find out the details. Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>